0: Thank you for listening to Southside Baptist Church's podcast. If you would like to know more about us, please visit us online at southsidesbc.org. Again, that's southsidesbc.org. Additionally, if this podcast has been an encouragement to you, or if you would like to know more about Jesus and why we serve Him, please email us at info at southsidesbc.org. Thank you for listening. Amen. Thank you for letting the Spirit just kind of move this morning. Amen. Um, thank you, David, um, Randy, and Eli. <laughs> Amen. Turn in your Bibles, if you will, to 1 Corinthians chapter 9. 1 Corinthians chapter chapter 9. Um, there is no outline this morning, so if you're looking for an outline, um, everybody would be raising their hands. so we don't have one this morning. Um, So don't worry about that. I just want you to to listen, look at the scriptures this morning. Um, Our children's church may go now, four years old, to kindergarten. Um, There are the leaders right outside there, so uh, you may go now. Uh, Last week, we started and uh, talked about um, serving the Lord and the fact that um, as Christians, as believers, we are all servants of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we talked about um, why serve. Uh, Well, we are all servants, so therefore, um, we just kind of ought to be a natural thing we do. Uh, But one of the things is that we want, uh, I hope you want what you do to count, to last. Um, You know, many of the things we do in this world, we know, I think it's kind of, uh, as Solomon wrote about, um, is futility. And we know those things. We go to work, we come home, we go to work, come home. And man, what real profit is there in that? And so we know that in serving the Lord, as we did this past week in Vacation Bible School, um, there are eternal, um, lasting, um, not only rewards, but fruit that comes out of that. Amen? Amen. So I want to talk about that even a little further uh, this morning. Uh, several years ago, the pastor of a, uh, a large megachurch uh, shared this story. He said, I was in the supermarket one day. And a lady came down the aisle whom I could barely see over the top of her groceries. He said, I got somewhat frightened because she seemed to be heading straight towards me. He said, she screeched to a halt within a few feet of me, peering over her load, wagging her finger and said to me, he said, I left your church. I left your church. He said, well, if it's my church, I think that was a pretty wise decision. If it's my church, he said, I think I'm going to leave too. To which she responded, she said, don't you want to know why I left your church? He said, well, no, not particularly, but I think I'm about to find out. Uh, And he was right. She said, "Uh, you weren't meeting my needs. To which he answered, uh, very compassionate, said, I'm sorry, but uh, the reality is I don't don't ever remember even meeting you before or uh, seeing you before, uh, let alone talking to you, um, let alone knowing your needs. Have you ever... Did you ever tell anyone specifically what your needs were? She couldn't recall that she had, and so he raised another question. He said, help me out here. Can you tell me, if we have 5,000 people sitting in that church, all with the same attitude as you have, how are anyone's needs going to be met? If you reserve the right to have that attitude, then you must give everybody else the freedom to have that attitude, And if everybody has that attitude, then who on earth is going to do all the need meeting? Well, she didn't back down. Standing her ground, she demanded, then tell me who will? Who's going to meet my needs? Relieved, the pastor said, I thought you'd never ask. He said, this is what will work. When people stop sitting in the pew saying they're not meeting my needs and start saying whose needs can I meet, that's when needs will be met when a servant spirit flourishes in a congregation he said each person ministers to others as unto the Lord friends I would have to agree with that and while that lady I doubt most of us would never maybe come out and say that uh, what that lady did I think that pastor is spot on you know that is the goal for a servant spirit to flourish in a congregation amen um, that we would not be focused on our own needs and our own self and all about me, what can this church do for me, and, 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 and I don't like this or I don't like that, friends, but that we would all have a servant spirit under the Lord. The question is, how do we do that, uh, and what does that look like? This past week, we had a chance to serve, and uh, it was a great chance to serve um, we, we had a chance to serve big time many of you uh, most of you were serving in some capacity as you saw folks that came up to the front here a little bit ago so the question is now what what's next okay pastor i served in vacation bible school is that the penul- penultimate thing there is <laughs> well my wife may say um yes absolutely <laughs> um or what's next she she might say well awana you know um, there are other places to serve in the church. And, and uh, listen, I uh, don't take this sermon today as a sermon to not say there aren't other places to serve. I hope you will serve. Many of you have signed up for wanna already, and uh, maybe ladies ministry, greeters, uh, security ministry, whatever. We have a lot of places to serve in our church, but, but how do we really take serving to the next level? Is it just finding the next place to, to, to serve on a, uh, during a week, during the year, or every Sunday, and so forth. Listen, those are part of serving. Don't misunderstand me. But t- this morning, I want to talk about what it really means to serve others. Um, when you think of fast food restaurants, uh, one particular chain stands out above the others. Um, not because of price. Standing out because of price, maybe you'd pick McDonald's. Not because of size or number of restaurants. But this change stands out simply because of the level of service you get when you go there. It is is one of their priorities. Um, They will often come to your table and refill your drink for you. So you don't have to get up. They will uh, carry your tray to the table. uh, And if you um, say thank you, they will say, what? It's my pleasure you know what restaurant I'm talking about, Chick-fil-A. And uh, there are reasons that they have been um, successful and, and, and all those things. Uh, in fact, I just read this week, um, I don't know if I get all the details about this right, but uh, that Chick-fil-A um, does more business on six day, during six days the week they're open than uh, per restaurant than other fast food restaurants do in seven. And so um, uh, when you put the Lord first, um, he honors us, Amen. Um, but friends, the, the reason I bring up Chick Fil A is Chick Fil A has taken service in the fast food industry to another level. Um, they have taken uh, service. The, the, what's the standard? What's the norm? And they have uh, they have raised their game. They have they have uh, brought brought it to the to, to 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 what they're doing. So how do we as believers like Chick Fil A uh, take our serving to the next level? How do we become The Chick fil A of churches. My wife said, Well, you got to serve chicken. (laughs) And uh, we probably could arrange that some way, right, Mary? (laughs) uh, um, But how do we become the Chick fil A of believers? How do we take our serving to the next level? Well, this morning I want to look at a short little passage here in the middle of 1 Corinthians chapter 9 and talk about um, how the Apostle Paul did just that. The Apostle Paul, after he got saved on the road to Damascus and after um, uh, God just did a miracle in his life, that transformation took place, um, became one of um, the most dedicated servants to our Lord ever. Um, He gave his entire life to the spread of the gospel. And so I think we can learn a few things from him and what his mindset was. Because, as I said last week, I think sometimes we think of, um, we think as believers there are different classes of Christians or different classes of believers. And so, you know, there's some who, you know, down here and there's some that serve a little bit and some that serve and are more dedicated and so forth. And, you know, I think that's probably true practically speaking, but the reality is there's no different. There's no difference. We're all, if we know Jesus Christ is our Lord and Savior, we're all saved by the grace of God. None of us are better than uh, one, the other. And uh, we're all called to serve him um, with the appreciation that we have for what he's done for us. So let's look at what Paul has to say here in 1 Corinthians chapter 9. He says in verse 19, he says, For though I am free from all men, I have made myself a servant to all. Uh, so Paul here starts out uh, in verse nineteen, and and what Paul is doing here, as through a lot of this letter to the Corinthians here, he's having to defend himself somewhat. Um, as there was, we talked about last week over in uh, back in chapter three, there was um, some were saying they were a Paul, some were saying they were Apollos, some of Peter, and so forth. And so Paul has to defend his apostleship. Some um, he's just before this, he's talking about. Uh, how and uh, why it's okay to have ministers that are um, giving their life's work to the gospel and should be uh, compensated for that but here he talks about himself that he didn't do that he was an itinerant preacher if you will and he goes to talking about why he has the heart of service that he has and he says for though I am free from all men now what's Paul referring to here he's probably referring somewhat to his Roman citizenship um, very much like we are here in America, Paul was free. He could, he could move about the country freely, um, and, and he did so. Um, as a believer, he was free. He was not a slave to anybody uh, physically or, or otherwise, um, and so he had been freed from his sin in Christ. He was free um, uh, politically, if you will, but look at what he says here. He says, for though I am free from all men, I have made myself a servant to all. In other words, friends, he has made a choice that he will serve anybody and everybody that comes in his path. Um, I believe Paul truly took to heart what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 20. Uh, Look at this with me, if you will. uh, Jesus says, and whoever desires to be first among you, let him be your slave. Uh, The verse just before that says, uh, if anyone desires to be great among you, let him be your servant. And so Jesus talks about the fact the way to lead is through being a servant, serving others. He says, just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a what? Ransom for many. So Paul took that to heart, what Jesus had said. And just as Jesus came to serve us, Paul took it and, and, and willingly said, I have made myself a servant to all. And look at what he says here at end of verse 19. He says, that I might win the more, uh, Paul was unapologetic on why he did what he did. Friends, he was called to preach the gospel and win people to Christ, and he was willing to do whatever it took. He was willing to, to do anything, make any sacrifices necessary, uh, as he just got through talking about, even support himself in order to see people come to Christ. In verse 20, he goes on to describe how he made himself a servant to others. And 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 really, what he means by that? So look at verse twenty. He says, um, "And to the Jews, I became as a Jew, that I might win Jews." Let's stop there for just a minute. Does that strike you as odd? You say, "Well, I don't know. What are you talking about, Pastor?" That 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 phrase, "To the Jews, I became as a Jew." You know why that strikes me as odd? Because Paul was a Jew. He was a Jew. Uh, his heritage, he was, he was a son of Abraham. He was a Hebrew. So if he was a Hebrew, if he was a Jew, then why in the world is he saying to the Jews, I became as a Jew that I might win Jews? Um, he was a Jew. How, why did he have to become? Well, I believe he clarifies here in the next part. Look at what he says. What he really means is not just those who are physically Jews, but those who are religious jews if you will those who are adherents to judaism he says to those who are under the law so when he's talking about to the jews he's talking about those jews who are under the law um those jews see paul when he accepted christ uh, jesus as the messiah and as his savior uh, became what we would the term we would use and a lot of times use today is a messianic jew okay one who has accepted jesus as the messiah um but he says, so he says here, uh, because of that, we know he's not under the law anymore. So he says to the Jews, I become as a Jew to those under the law. He's clarifying here, I, uh, as under the law, that I become as one under the law, that I might win those who are under the law. Friends, there's no doubt that Paul had a heart for his own countrymen. In the book of Romans, he talks about that uh, and so forth. Friends, but, but Paul, as a believer in Jesus as the Messiah, wasn't under the law anymore. Just as we are not. Um, He didn't have to observe the ordinances, uh, uh, the ceremonies that the Jews did. He didn't have to observe the traditions, um, the rituals of Judaism anymore. But what he's saying here is, if he needs to, in order to win his fellow countrymen to Christ, he will do just that. Even though he is not bound with that, he's willing to put himself under that and and observe those things in order to win them to Christ. Look at verse 21. Verse 21. He goes on, so he said, to the Jews I become as a Jew, that I might win Jews. Verse 21, to those who are without law, as without law. Now, that may seem odd. Is he talking about those who are uh, outlaws? Those who, those who are, um, have no respect for the law? No, that's not who he's talking about at all. In fact, he clarifies that because uh, someone could read that and say, what's he talking about? Does he say when we should then become thieves in order to reach thieves? So now, what he's talking about, oh, look, he puts in parentheses, it's kind of in parentheses there. It says, not being without law toward God, but under law towards Christ. But he says, listen, I'm still under Christ's law to, to love God, to love others, and honor him with my life. But to those who are without law, who's he talking about there? He's talking about the Gentiles. He's talking about Gentiles. Uh, those who are not. From Jewish heritage so to those who are Jews I'm willing to become as a Jew to those who are without the law uh, the law was given through the Jews so Gentiles and the reality is that most of us here this morning are probably Gentiles unless you have some kind of Jewish heritage you're a Gentile and so to those who were not given the law uh, as without the law that I might win those who are without the law um The reality is that Gentiles had different customs, uh, different traditions, different mindset than the Jews did. And so Paul was willing, uh, he was willing to put himself back under the Jewish things, but he was also willing to forsake his Jewishness. You know what? I bet there were some things that Paul loved doing from his heritage that he didn't have to anymore. Maybe some of the traditions, you know, kind of like in America, you know, a lot of people celebrate Christmas. They don't really care much about Christ, but they love the the. the 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 festiveness and so forth and so i bet there were some things that paul kind of loved about festivities of judaism and stuff that 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 he would still observe but he says here's what he says is that to the those without the law those gentiles I, i will become as a gentile that i might win those who are without the law so paul was willing to forsake his jewishness when he was among gentiles he was willing to eat what they ate um uh do the customs that they do, go where they went, dress as they dress, think as they thought, friends, within the bounds of scripture, in order to build bridges with them in order to win them to Christ. He's willing to become a Jew in order to win the Jews. The the Gentile to win the Gentiles, look at verse 22, says, to the weak I became as weak that I might win the weak. Now what's he talking about here? Is he talking about physically weak? Um, Some commentators believe, believe he's talking about those who are um, intellectually weak, or spiritually weak, who don't understand, uh, referring maybe to the need to bring the gospel down to their level, and and that's man, we certainly need to do that, and may apply there. Uh, Here is what I believe he's talking about. He says, when he says to the weak, I became as weak. I believe he's talking about those who are struggling, those who are are maybe weak spiritually, struggling spiritually, whether and it may be physical, it may be financial, it may be emotional, it may be psychological, it may be spiritual. To the weak, he says, I became as weak. In other words, friends, I believe he's talking about the need to reach out and identify with those um, who are going through stuff, those who are struggling in life, um, whether, whether it may be with drugs or alcohol or finances or in their marriage and so forth. You say, well, well, Pastor, what do I do to, to, to identify with somebody? I, I, are we supposed to go do drugs? For, no, that's not what he's saying at all. Uh, we need to honor Christ in everything we do, friends, but we need to, we can find a place where we relate. Amen? And we all have struggled in some area in our lives, and there are things that we have uh, turned to in our life when we find ourselves uh, searching maybe not the same things as others but you know what there are things that we've turned to and so we seek to identify with those and relate to and and build bridges with those who um uh, are, are are maybe struggling who are weak the reality is friends we need to stay humble we don't need to talk down to others we need to seek to understand where they are coming from as paul here in the end of verse 22 kind of summarizes everything he's been saying look what he says He says, after he says, to the weak, I became as weak that I might win the weak. I have become all things to all men that I might by all means save some. You see, Paul was willing to set aside his preference. He was willing to to set aside his habits. He was willing to alter his lifestyle within scriptural bounds, uh, adopt new traditions, customs, change his music, whatever it took methodologically in order to reach people for Christ. Why? Look at verse 23. All for the sake of the gospel. He says, now this I do for the gospel's sake, that I may be a partaker of it with you. Friends, that we all may be, have fellowship in the gospel. Amen? Why was he willing to do that? Why was Paul willing to get outside his comfort zone? Why was Paul willing to, to adapt to the situation he was in? To see people spend eternity in heaven. And not hell. The reality is. Isn't what Paul's talking about here. What Jesus has done for us. Paul said he's willing to become all things to all men. So that by all means he might win some. Um, turn over to Philippians chapter 2. Just a few books to the, to the right. Philippians chapter 2, verse 5. Look at what Paul writes here. He says, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Who being in the form of God did not consider it robbery to be equal with God. Now um, the translation of these verses here is a little difficult. Uh, what he's saying who being in the form of God really means um, the Greek means it's being in very nature God. We know that Jesus um, was is God. John chapter 1 talks about that. He was in the beginning with God, and he um, became a man. And so um, what verse 6 is saying here is that even Jesus, even being in very nature God, in other words, as John chapter 1 tells us, that Jesus has existed eternally from time past in heaven with the Father as part of the Trinity, as the second person of the Trinity. And so Jesus is fully God, Um, There is no characteristics of God that Jesus does not have. He's fully God with the Father. Different roles, um, equal in in who they are. Uh, But what verse 6 is saying here is, though, that even though he is God, he did not consider it robbery to be equal with God. Um, Think of it this way, and and the the, the word can be translated better this way. He did not consider it something to be grasped hold of to be equal with God. You know how sometimes um, the privileges that we get, uh, we want to hold on to. You know what? I won this trophy. It's mine. You know, I am the champion. You know, Um, try to take one of Tom Brady's five Super Bowl uh, trophies or rings, whatever, and he's going to probably fight you a little bit for that, right? Uh, Human achievements, we try to hold on to those things. And so Jesus, what it's saying here is Jesus, being in very nature God, did not consider his Godhood something to hold on to. That may sound a little weird and 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 a little difficult to understand, but look at the next verse. Verse seven says, "But made himself of no reputation." In other words, he was willing to set aside for a time some of the privileges that came with being God. In other words, being willing to step out of heaven and come to earth, he was willing to set that aside, set those privileges aside, and come to earth to make himself of no reputation. Listen. Um, He should have been worshipped from the time he was born all the way through. But was he always worshipped? Absolutely not. He was made of no reputation. And many people scorned him and mocked him and and refused to believe in him. But it says he made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men. So Jesus even though he was God, did not consider his godhood something to be held on to as if somebody could take that away from him, but he was willing to to set some of those things aside for a time to come to earth, to be born as a a baby, to be the God-man so that he could save us, human beings, from our sin. He became all things to all people so that by one specific way he might save everybody all those who believe in him friends if jesus did that for us then how can we not be willing to get outside of our comfort zone to go to others amen you say pastor what this what does this mean what does this look like for us uh, what does this look like for me pastor how do i you know i believe what this looks like is i believe it starts with simply caring for people Allowing God to give us a heart for others. Friends, Jesus so loved us and cared about us that he was willing to do that. Step out of heaven to come and be a servant. The Son of Man did not come to be served but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. Um, and so as Jesus was willing to do that, friends, as he cared that much about us, if he cared about us, then we ought to care about others. Amen. We need to care about them as individuals. We need to care about where they spend their eternity. Um, I believe it also means, friends, being willing to meet people where they are. Caring more about people than we do our own comfort. I think many times God is calling us to reach out to people. God is calling us to minister to somebody. God is calling us just to say hi to somebody, and we're like, well... I can't do that it makes me uncomfortable it 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 it, it, it's not my personality it's 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 not what I'm used to friends I believe um when we truly let Jesus get a hold of our heart I don't see how we can keep from it amen we need to be willing to get outside of our comfort zone, set aside our preferences, our pride, our preconceived notions, friends, and be willing to build bridges with those around us, in our neighborhoods, at your work, um, teenagers, at your school, uh, wherever you go, build bridges uh, with, with the folks around you. Just care about people. Care about people. Um, Sometimes I believe we get so frustrated at the world, um, we try to isolate ourselves from it. Well, you know what, I'm so frustrated with the way people in the world act that I'm just, uh, you know, we think that as believers we're supposed to isolate ourselves and so forth. But Jesus didn't call us to isolate ourselves. He called us to penetrate the darkness. We are to be light in a dark world. And the reason this world is becoming darker and darker and darker is because believers are not doing that. We're just not. So let's be different. You willing to be different? I like being different, Pastor. People are going to talk about me. People are going to look at me funny. So? Maybe they do. What's so bad about that? I really want to challenge you to take your serving to the next level. Um, I want to propose something to you, and my wife might get mad at me for saying this. Um, I thank each and every one of you for serving in Vacation Bible School. Um, Awana, greeters, ushers, men's ministry, ladies' ministry, everything that we're serving here at the church. I believe it is easy To serve in the church than it is out there. Christ calls us to be servants. You say, well, Pastor, I I just can't be one of those Bible carrying, you know, Bible thumping people, whatever. That is not what I'm saying at all. Here's the way I want you to. uh, So, here in a few weeks. Wednesday night, um, August 22nd, I, I talked about this a couple of months ago, that we're gonna, I was going to do some things, we're going to offer some things to kind of help you. Um, we're going to do a book study, okay? Um, and uh, I want to invite you to be a part of this, okay? We're going to do it for four weeks, and so it's going to be pretty intense. Um, we're going to read the book, we're going to discuss it. And this is the book we're going to read, it's called The Art of Neighboring. Um, obviously, it's scripturally based. Um, and we're going to talk about this, but I, what, what, it, what we're going to talk about is, um, how do we reach, uh, how do we befriend those around us? How do we, how do we share the love of Christ with others? And so, um, it, it starts with just, um, caring about others, building relationships with others, um, building bridges, um, because you care about people. And so I want to invite you to be a part of this. I'll give you some more info at the very end of the service about that and so forth, but, um, uh, I want to try to help you do this because I think a lot of times we maybe get, we get pumped up and we say, yeah, 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 I need to do that. But then we're like, how do I do it? How do I, how do I go about doing this? Um, I just want to encourage you, um, just be willing to get outside your comfort zone. Be willing to, to, to talk to people and be willing to just build relationships. Um, and I know that the biggest problem with that most people say is, well, Pastor, I'm, just, I'm not an extrovert, I'm an introvert. I get that. Some of you, I've said this through the years, and some of you know this. um, I am an introvert. So I get that totally. Um, And so God's not asking you to act outside of your personality. Um, He's asking you to act within who he's made you, to be caring and compassionate to those around you. And um, that's what I would encourage you to do. And then let... Here's the thing, you know, even the Apostle Paul in Colossians chapter 4 asked them to pray for him that God would open to him him a door for the gospel. So when you get up in the morning, pray. Ask God to to lead you to people that he wants you to reach out to in that day. Ask God to open doors for you to be a, a light for him in this dark world. Friends, if you will do that, God will surprise you. If you'll Ask him, then be willing to honor him with when he opens that door, walking through it. I want to close with a story um, this morning that hopefully will put some feet to what I'm talking about. Um, this, is, this is going to maybe not relate so much to today, but I think in some ways it will. And I hope you can kind of pull it into 21st century a little bit. Um, some of you may have heard of the name Howard Hendricks before. Um, Howard Hendricks was a longtime Christian education professor at Dallas Theological Seminary. Um, he tells this story about what got him interested in Jesus for the first time. He said, when I was nine years old, I was a little terror. We met some of those this week. Uh, but, but they're precious terrors. Amen? Amen. Amen. He said, I was out playing marbles one day. When a man named Walt came along and invited me to Sunday school. Now, let me pause here for a minute. Teenagers, um, any of y'all ever played marbles? A a couple of you, okay. Think video game, all right? Seventy years ago, all right? So, So he was out playing on his video game one day, playing marbles. When a man named Walt came along and invited him to Sunday school, he said, there was nothing appealing to me about anything with school in the name of it. We can all relate to that. He said, so Walt made me another proposition, one I liked a lot better. Walt asked, would you like to play a game of marbles? He said, after Walt wiped me out in a couple of game of marbles, Walt inquired, would you like to learn to play this game better? He said, by the time Walt had taught me how to play marbles over the next few days, he'd built such a relationship with me that I'd have gone anywhere Walt suggested. He said, you know what that meant? He said it meant that even though at first I didn't want to, I ended up in Walt's Sunday school class along with a dozen other boys, most of whom, he said, he'd reached out to in very much the same way. He concludes with this. He says, of the 13 boys in that class, he said 11 of them ended up not just believers, but in vocational Christian work. Friends, my simple question to you is this: Are you willing to be a walt? Are you willing to get outside your comfort zone and not just serve but to become a full time servant of the Lord Jesus Christ? I want to invite you if people just bow your heads and close your eyes let 's pray this morning. and as we do before we do, I just wanna, I want to ask um, if you're willing And you say, you know what, Pastor? Um, Yeah, I want to take, I want to be a Walt. Pastor, I'm willing for God to use me. I'm willing to to be used in a way maybe that, that I'm not comfortable with. Pastor, I really don't know how to do that. I don't know what that means. But yeah, Pastor, I want God to use me in that way, Pastor. And I'm just with your hand. Would you stick your hand up just so I can pray for you this morning? Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Heavenly Father, Lord, you see each hand. You know each heart, Lord. Um, Lord, you know what's going on in our lives. Lord, I want to lift up those this morning who have just lifted their hand, Lord, um, indicating a desire, Lord, to fully be a, be a minister, to be a witness for you, Lord, 24-7. Lord, I pray that you will, um, Lord, just make that a passion in their soul, that you will not, um, Lord, that you will teach them and grow them, Lord, um, that you will show them, them to walk through those doors as they are opened, Lord, and just, Lord, help them to be um, the servant, Lord, that you've called us all to be. Lord, I lift each one here up this morning, Lord, just that. Um, Wherever um, folks are at this morning, Lord, I pray, Lord, that you will just continually draw us closer to you, Lord Jesus. Lord, it is not by who we are. We're not saved by what we do. We're saved by your grace and your mercy on the cross. We're so grateful for that. Lord, as we come just to respond and sing to you this morning, Lord, I pray, Lord, that you move us into a deeper relationship with you. It's in your name we pray. I'll invite you to stand with me if you will. If you want to come and do business with the Lord this morning, pray, for, pray to Him. If you'd like for me to pray with you, You come, just grab my hand. I'd be glad to do that. Something you'd like to talk about this morning. Um, maybe you want to invite Christ into your life. Man, so exciting. We'd love to talk to you about that and, and just welcome you into the family. Uh, maybe there's some other decision you need to make in following through in baptism. Becoming a part of this local body, whatever it is, I'm going to invite you to respond, give you that opportunity this morning as we sing.